Welcome to the Leadership Launchpad Project, where purpose-driven leaders unite to change the game of life and business forever. Here are your hosts, Susan Hobson and Rob Kalvaroski. Welcome to the Leadership Launchpad Project. I'm Rob Kalvaroski. We are closing out 2021 with a solo podcast where Susan and I talk about the leadership strategies that are required for next level leadership in 2022 and beyond. The pandemic has changed what people are willing to put up with. And in order for you to succeed in business and life, leadership 2.0 is the only way forward. We also tackle the 1.0 leadership that was shown in the better.com layoffs, a study around destructive leadership and how leaders leaders are engaging in destructive leadership, whether consciously or not, and what Gallup has reported around what leadership programs require to be effective. On that note, we have an incredibly awesome offering of the Leadership Launchpad program coming out in January 2022. And so if you're interested in signing up for that, check the podcast notes. I've put a link in there you'll be able to sign up for it. It's a 12-week program that combines both blended learning, group coaching, one-on-one coaching, and obviously an awesome team atmosphere. So if you're interested in getting on that, taking your leadership into to the next level, especially kicking off the year in the best way that you can, check the podcast notes click the link and get in there. If you have any questions about the program, you can send me an email and we can jump on a a Zoom, rob at elitehighperformance.com. For everything else, if you're looking for a private leadership program offering, if you're looking for services, psychological safety assessment, talent optimization tools, burnout prevention programs, and more, check out elitehighperformance.com or you can jump on a call with either Susan or myself, you can reach out to us, rob at elitehighperformance.com or susan at elitehighperformance.com. And if you haven't yet, we would appreciate it so much if you shared this podcast with any leaders in your life. Thanks for listening and happy 2022. We are back. Welcome to the Leadership Launchpad Project. I'm Rob Kalvaroski, and as always, we have our Princeton Tiger in the house, Susan Hobson. Susan, how are you? I'm excellent as always, but I'm especially excellent today. I have to say, I can't tell if it's just all this awesome feedback that we're getting from some of these, you know, programs that we've been rolling out on the Leadership 2.0 front here at Team Elite. That has me really excited and so fulfilled. Um, or if it's just, you know, us celebrating our highlight reels in, the, in our dream team locker room on Monday, that has just had me riding high all week. Or if it's the fact that I'm staring at a Christmas tree out of my right eye here <laughs> in my periphery, I'm so looking forward to spending this time off with, with Brooklyn and getting outside to the hockey rinks and, you know, tobogganing, so much, so much gratitude. My cup is overflowing today. How about you, sir? How are you feeling? That's that's right. And, and shout out to, to Lauren, one of our fellow, well, whoop, whoop. our colleagues. She's our teammate. Playing, 
Yeah, that's right. She's playing in a professional women's hockey league showcase yes. this weekend. So that's going to be awesome. I, oh my gosh, I can't wait. That it'll be over. But, yeah. but I told I told Lauren, I was like, I'm expecting at least one fight out of you. Oh, <laughs> oh, the women's game is not about the fight. That's not why we draw the crowds. We draw the crowds because of our finesse. It's one goal and one fight. That's what we want to see. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's going to rock some girls for sure. I know that much is true. <laughs> yeah, for me, uh, yeah, it's been an incredible week. Like we're wrapping up one of the group programs that we had. And and one of the folks said to me yesterday, he was like, for him, he's basically on the other side of the world. And so he had to stay up late to be a part of our group calls. And he said, you know, week one and two, he was like, oh, no, what did I sign up for? <laughs> and now he was like, oh, it was extremely worth it. And I'm so happy I did it. Oh, and my so, gosh. That's what it's all about right there. Yeah, it's the feedback that's coming in. And even some of the folks that, that were resistant at the beginning, they've seen and changed how they lead. Yeah. And it's been very rewarding to see that that's why we do what we do, right, sir? That's that's right. And I wanted to start, I mean, obviously we start off with a quote here. And so the one here I got from Rick Hansen, again, like we, we quoted him before. Yes, I remember. But he's back on LinkedIn and I follow him. So I got another quote for you. Love and it. He, he said, being with the mind is not enough. We must work with it as well. The mind is grounded in the brain, which is a physical system that doesn't change for the better on its own. Weeds don't get pulled and flowers don't get planted simply by watching the garden. Oh, I love it. I love this quote. Tell me why you picked it. Well, obviously, we're in the mental gym. Yeah. Actually, literally, I was just reading some feedback from one of our customers and one of them said that they had never considered the the fact that, or they liked the analogy that the the brain is like getting into the mental gym. And yeah, that's one thing. And the second thing is, you know, it's about being deliberate with how we are. Mm -hmm. It takes work and it takes effort and training. That's right. And retraining. And, yeah. And so that's, that's that's where I want people to be is. Yeah we can be deliberate and we can choose and we can choose what grows in our garden. We are the gardeners. Let's, let's take on that responsibility by seeing ourselves as the ones that are responsible for the health of that garden and what that garden is able to produce in the world, right? Because that's really the metaphor here. The brain is the epicenter right? It's the hard drive. It's the one that makes all the decisions in terms of how we show up in the world and the way we relate to the world. And therefore is the thing that predicts the impact that we're going to be able to have. I love that. And it's funny because it actually, the analogy of Gardner came out in one of the group calls we were having, I think it was last week. Mm -hmm. And I was struggling with the one leader to see his impact on leading his team. Mm -hmm. And he kept saying like, I didn't, you know, I didn't do the work. Yeah. And I was like, but you 
inspired it. Fostered an environment where the work would be done. And one of the other folks on the call actually said it. She said, like, you were the gardener and they were the garden. And I was like, oh, that's (laughs) perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we're going to roll with this one hard. I can feel it. I love it. So tell our guests why we're flying solo today, sir. Yeah, we're flying solo today. It's obviously this will be the week after Christmas. So it's New Year's week. And we'll always like to wrap up the year with a good solo pod. And actually Mm -hmm. to say to stay somewhat current. Yeah. um, I'm sure a lot of you listening heard about the better.com layoffs. Mm-hmm. And so Vishal Garg, he is the, the CEO of this company called better.com, which is a mortgage company. And a few weeks ago, he, he, he terminated 900 employees on a Zoom call that lasted about three minutes. Oh, so painful. It was incredibly painful. And if you haven't seen the video, just Google it. There's a lot of um, either news news sites that have covered it and or the actual raw video itself. I saw it on mm-hmm. it, but it's mm-hmm. on, probably on YouTube as well because mm-hmm. someone recorded it while they were getting laid off. Oh, boy. Um, so here, we'll just give you a few quotes from this. So one of the quotes is, this is the second time in my career I'm doing this, and I do not want to do this. The last time I did it, I cried. This time I hope to be stronger. So there's one quote. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that That is, uh, there's a lot of eyes. <laughs> Yes, exactly. The language never lies. The language tells the whole story. What do you see in the use of I? I, 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 I. What do you see there? Right? It's very Uh self-focused. And as we want to teach people to lean into empathy, Mm -hmm. it's not about I, it's about you or them. Or not about me. It's about the we. I think even just that, right, is a perfect illumination of where somebody's mindset is at in regards to, you know, are they a leader or are they not a leader? Because if you're talking about me, 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 I think it obviously it obviously illuminates the fact that you don't realize the we involved in that situation. And I think we saw that play out. It was like watching a car crash, watching this three-minute video. (laughs) It it was pretty brutal. Um, The other thing was after the layoffs, he was on a website, an anonymous account, and he had the following quote. You guys know that at least 250 of the people terminated were working an average of two hours a day while closing in or clocking in eight hours a day in the payroll Mm -hmm. system. They were stealing from you and stealing from our customers who pay the bills that pay our bills. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's very aligned with the I statement. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't actually know 
that he's a leader and what is required when you're a leader, right? Is the collective mindset, right? It's like really understanding the responsibility that you hold when you're at the front of the room speaking to your people like that. That's so clearly illuminated. And just even the fact that he said, I hope I can be stronger this time, right? As if showing his emotion is weakness. It's just so 1.0. But two hours a day out of the eight-hour days, I mean, where does where does your head go when you hear that stat? I mean, that's presenteeism. And you and I study this, right? In regards to what leads to these astronomically high numbers in terms of people's disengagement. He's acting as if he does not play a, a role in that. But what do you see? That's right. I see it that way. And, and also, like, even afterwards... He had another Zoom call with the rest of the employees and said that their productivity would be closely watched. There's the fear. We're just compounding (laughs) what we're showing and doing, right? Like Mm -hmm. we're leaning into fear. We're leaning into watching you. We're leaning into monitoring your activity. Mm -hmm. We're not leaning into trust and engaging and empowering our people. And Mm -hmm. I mean, if they're working two hours a day, like that's on you as the leader. Are you not providing enough work? Are you not engaging them? Are they not able to effectively do the work? Like all those things that we talk about. But also the other side of it is, okay, so now that you're more closely watching your other, you know, 91% of your workforce, are they working more effectively now that you're leading with fear or are they looking for another job or are they just phoning it in? Right. Because yeah, yeah the leadership yeah. is, is, is not great. Well, I just say high fear, low trust environments annihilate psych safety and where psych safety is annihilated, the suffering increases. And so when I see that large of a proportion of his workforce that is that highly disengaged, I know that he's the common denominator in that, right? And I think you said it, right? The leader sets the conditions for the working environment. And if the conditions don't feel safe, then obviously the brain's instinct is to protect itself. And and that's what disengagement is. It's creating distance from the thing that's creating the suffering, so that's I think right. that's yeah. that's what we look at when we study presenteeism and the reasons for presenteeism, right? That's right. And it's the like the, obviously the business impacts are are huge, right? Like if you look up the stats by Gallup, it's like 17% profitability. There's a ton on even if just on trust, which obviously mm-hmm. doesn't exist in this company, but Mm-hmm. There's stuff like productivity at work, which is over 100% in high trust mm-hmm. versus low trust. There's the 3% stock price per year, which is in a high trust versus low trust. Like there's a lot of business reasons to why this is a good strategy, but you have to do the work. And the way all of these things appear to me is. It's a person who hasn't done the work they need to do to be a leader. Yeah, that's what I mean. He doesn't actually understand the job description. (laughs) He doesn't understand the role that 
he's in and what's required of that and the responsibility of that. I mean, just even from a psych safety standpoint, we've been talking so much about burnout being the most rampant it's ever been. We're in a pandemic still, right? We're talking about possible lockdowns here in Toronto again. So we're still in it, folks. So the disruption is still happening. And the fact that this guy is so tone deaf, he does this right before the holidays, to me is what makes this so inhumane. That's why I think we had the response that you and I had and therefore wanted to talk about it on the show because it's just so foul. It's just so flagrantly like foul on the play. Flagrant foul, it's called in football, right? Flagrant foul on the play. (laughs) But that is burnout, you know? Like that's the thing is like, if you're in those conditions with such high expectation and such high pressure and you're, you're seen as a cog in a wheel, you're viewed as somebody who needs to, you know, produce, produce, produce for a paycheck in conditions that don't take into consideration what you need to be able to sustain that production. The machine breaks down. You tell our people about this coming from maintenance. <laughs> you, you talk to me about that all the time, right? There's no sustainability in other words. So this is just going to happen again, predictably, rinse and repeat. And there's just going to be a whole new class of human beings that are going to have to suffer the consequence. That's right. And especially during a time where the talent war is basically mm-hmm. full steam. Like I saw the stats the other day and, you know, I think it was September they were looking at now the quit rates were still you know, astronomically higher than mm-hmm. they were previous years. Mm-hmm. And so who is going to go work at better.com after this? Like, I know that's my question. Right? <laughs> so, I don't think any Gen Z's or millennials <laughs> based on the research that we've been bringing to the show on this great resignation. I don't think any of them are going to be first in line to go work there. <laughs> and so that's the thing, right? Is like, now the talent that you're going to get is going to be a lower quality. And maybe that's okay with you if you're that. But if you're truly trying to be better, mm-hmm. pun intended, better.com, um, um, you definitely need to, you know, step up your game as a leader. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that feedback shall roll in and we shall see how that plays out. But I think, you know, that's why we love talking about mindset so much is because you can predict results based on a leader's mindset. And and actually pivoting off of this story into Mm -hmm. another research paper. So when I was on a call with Amy Edmondson a few weeks ago, one of the other members of the psych safety cohort shared this research paper with all of us about destructive leadership. And that's what they're calling it in, I guess, Northern Europe, specifically Sweden. The term that they're using is destructive leadership. Uh uh And if you're interested in the paper, uh, just send me an email and I will send it to you. But it's also what they're finding in this study of destructive leadership across the Swedish workforce is somewhere in the neighborhood of 36.4 to 43.5% report being exposed to destructive leadership. And that's, I think, believing that's like seven different aspects of destructive leadership. Now, over 90% of the Swedish workforce 
reports being exposed to at least one destructive leadership behavior. Mm-hmm. And around a third of those report that it's happening often or always. Mm-hmm. So these kind of back up what I've seen in industry, but it's also like what's happening out there. And the article talks a little bit about also this aspect of passive versus active. Mm-hmm. And the most or the majority of destructive leadership is passive. Mm-hmm. So in what I see, it's lack of self-awareness of mm-hmm. the leader. It's not that you're intentionally trying to hurt people. Mm-hmm. You just aren't aware of how your actions are landing with the folks that work for you. It's not malicious. In other words, it's malignant. <laughs> right? Like that that's how I think about it. Like passive aggressive comments, right? And just also just falling asleep at the wheel, like not understanding, like we just said in this previous example, not actually understanding what it is that you're at the helm, like required to be able to govern responsibly in the decisions that you're making. That takes mindfulness. It takes intentionality. If, if you're just kind of rinse and repeat on the autopilot, right, and you, you haven't done the work in terms of all this new school progressive, as our friend Fran was calling it, leadership, then I think it stands, it stands to reason that you're going you're gonna to have some of those deficit strategies hiding out because that's what we're coming out of. We're coming out of the industrial-born era of management and 1.0 command and control leadership. So, and, and the other thing is, in contrast to the stats that we reported when we did our last solo podcast in regards to leaders aren't getting trained. There are these awesome all-star individual contributors who are just put into these positions of influence and impact without any training. So I think, of course, it makes sense that there's going to be a lot of that destructive leadership happening still because it's deficit. It's deficit leadership strategy from a mindset perspective, right? That we're just, we still need to work out of the system, out of the hard drive of our leaders' mindsets. Absolutely. And it's funny because I was just on a podcast an hour ago and they were asking me about like, psychological safety and the question was like if you solicit feedback and then you get angry that the feedback is not what you wanted Ah. what do you do (laughs) and it's like this is where the deeper work needs to happen on you as the leader before all of this other stuff can happen Uh and that's where you know it's it's exactly this right is like it looks like, you know, the vast majority of leaders are just lacking the deeper work of understanding themselves before they can step out and impact others. Uh-huh. And so it's all these different pieces, you know, but it's self-awareness is, is the beginning to the relational intelligence that you need to get to. Yeah, that's what I loved about that interview we did with Fran, right? Um, that's really what we talked about was the most important thing is that we all just need to get curious and go on a mission with that curiosity. Because the reality is that 
this new school leadership stuff is, is new. <laughs> so the neuroscience that is, has produced this new school leadership is new. It's all relatively new. And so, of course, there's lots that we're going to need to learn about, not only from a self-learning perspective, right, but also in terms of what the best strategies actually are and what strategies are actually required to have the level of impact that we're trying to have. So I love that because I just think that's what we're, that's why we created this, this show. We started this show at the start of the pandemic, right? Because we saw this is exactly what we're up against. This disruption did this magical job of kind of dislodging and shaking loose and bringing to the surface and exposing all the cracks, right? In our, in our leadership mindset strategies. And I think, you know, that's, that's what we try to do every week on this show bring in the best experts in this space so we can, you know, get that brain training on and really get exposed to all of this higher level intel. But yeah, I think that's just, again, something that leaders don't understand comes with the job description. Yeah. And it's something that you don't necessarily think about. You think about leadership as an outward facing mm-hmm. thing, as mm-hmm. a me in front of a group or me in a team. Mm-hmm. And it starts with you and then it start. then it leads to the team mm-hmm. and it's always a continuous improvement type of mm-hmm. thing, right. Or a growth mindset type mm-hmm. thing where, you know, and, and it's funny, right? Like there's no perfect way an interaction can go. It's just, it's all about like, how does it go and how you can tweak it next time and how you can make it better. And I think that's where, I mean, we have to all be like, we can't stop with, you know, you took a course and you're done or, or you're one and done. And you're done. <laughs> one and done. Check. Moving on. No, I just think like, you know, leaderships, they carry a lot of weight. So of course they have to step into that self-responsibility first to just, yeah, just get up to speed with what, it, what they're actually carrying for their people to see. I mean, we talk about this, the model carries the most weight, right? And it doesn't matter where you're starting at in terms of that journey. It's just, we're trying to really mobilize the desire to just want to start going on that journey, right? Because the journey takes time for all of us. And it's a journey that never ends. Yay. But, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, but I do think that that's obviously where we struggle the most because the nature of the beast is that leaders have so much responsibility, so many people that they're responsible for. And I think sometimes they just don't know that this is one of those responsibilities themselves, right. And they're learning and their growth. So hopefully we've inspired that this year, Rob, what do you think? (laughs) <laughs> that's uh, that's hopefully what we did inspire and you know it's something that we we talked I think we talked about it with Jason mm-hmm. but it was you know you have to take care of yourself take care of others mm-hmm. and this is the same concept right is we need to lead ourselves before we can lead others and so the last thing we wanted to touch on today Susan is this article from Gallup. And again, it, if you want the, the link to it, you can shoot me an email. It's called How to Win the Great Resignation. And it talks a lot about what good leadership programs have or what they require. And so I'll give, I'll give you the bullet points here. So 
the programs, the good leadership programs, and this is evaluated by Gallup, they help managers master these capabilities. And it requires a sophisticated approach that is likely to include some combination of live instruction and discussion to inspire them and shift their mindsets. We've talked about mindset and the importance of that in leadership coaching before. It has to include some combination of practical tools to enable deployment of their new skills. This is something that we, we absolutely agree with. Um, interactive practice, debrief, and repetition to build their autonomous to see and confidence. Automacy, right? Automacity? Automacity. Automacity. <laughs> Say it three times fast, folks. That's Basically right. the automation, right? The, of their autopilot. Memory. <laughs> yeah. yeah, totally. We're athletes. <laughs> so yeah, that again, it's practice. The self-paced learning to deepen and individualize their mastery. Mm-hmm experiential learning to promote application, mm -hmm. social learning to build community and reinforce adoption, mm -hmm. pervasive individualized focus on their individual strengths of each manager, and finally, coaching and feedback to promote their engagement. Tell us why you're reading this list and why you're bringing this list to our, our folks. Well, one was, I mean, obviously, it's important to understand what good leadership coaching and programs look like. Mm -hmm. The second thing is we actually use all of these. Mm -hmm. And we set the programs up before we read this article. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, we actually have all of these incorporated into our programs because we believe that this is the best way to do it. Yeah, I think that methodology that we came up with when we created these programs was based in the research. Mm -hmm. That's why we're trying to make such a case for getting curious and going on this mission to learn about this stuff, right? Because I think it is important that we are adapting our best practices. And I think that's one of the things that broke my heart when we released that Harvard uh, Business Review study about the 75% of the 365 billion worldwide that of leadership development and training programs that were rated completely ineffective. Here we are, we're talking about like it's time with this disruption. It's so clear. This is the silver lining. It just dislodged all the cracks in our foundations that are leading to these inhumane styles of leadership, like this, you know, one that we just referenced at the top of the hour. Um, yeah, it broke our hearts. We were like, how is that possible? We need to make a change. We need to level up. It's affecting this, the lives of the human beings that are being led in this way. And yet 75% of the, the companies who are actually putting their resources towards this are not getting the value, are not getting the ROI, are not affecting behavior modification. And so that's why we targeted it on mindset strategy architecture. That's why we've done all this research in neuroscience. And that's why we've done all the work we've done around psych safety and DEI and just all that we've been talking about on the show this year, right? Is because we have been in the trenches um, really testing out this stuff that we've been learning about works best or the best practices based on this, the research that we've been doing, right? We, we, we had the locker rooms to be able to see the real time, you know, response in terms of the, the efficacy 
of being able to develop leaders in this way. And that's the thing. And actually someone said it to me, I think it was this morning. They said like, I'm so happy you didn't cram all this in one week. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's about, it's the same concept fundamentally as getting in the gym. And that's why we call it. That's it. Right. Is you could do, and I've done it seven hours a day of working out for a week and you'll be very tired at the end of it. I can tell Mm -hmm. you that. Mm -hmm. Um, And your body will be broken down and you'll need to rest, but it doesn't fundamentally change your behavior afterwards. Mm -hmm. And this is the same with, you know, they're talking about repetition and interactive practice and social learning. Mm -hmm. And this is like, you don't learn a skill in four or five days. Mm -mm. It takes practice and then that practice takes time. Mm -hmm. And these things are more than just like, hey, like, oh yeah, build psych safety. Okay, Mm -hmm. I'm going to go do it. Like it, it does in an afternoon workshop. Here right? we go. <laughs> it's not a one and done. It's no. a go out, see what happens, come back, get feedback, that's go it. out, try again. Right. And that's why we use sports so much on this show mm-hmm. and working out. Right. It's, yeah. it's how, how much stronger you can. I mean, for the people listening, when you did your uh, New Year's resolution or when you're going to do it exactly. This year, right. Like, Mm-hmm. If you want Same to thing. fundamentally be fitter, mm-hmm. it's going to take longer than a week. Mm-hmm. And it's going to take periodization. And that's why we study the neuroscience behind flow. It's because we understand how to regulate, how to pace, right? And space the learning in terms of you know, like what works best in our peak learning zones in terms of how much and how long and how frequently. It's like, that's why it's so important to have the science behind all of this, right? Is because these businesses, they don't have a lot of time. You know, they're investing these finite resources towards the development of their people. So they need that development to be high impact. And if you're not doing that, you know, in a way that's backed by the neuroscience and the research as to the best practices. Then you get those stats like we saw in the Harvard Business Review. Absolutely. And I think we're we're ready to wrap up there. But Susan, if you could leave one thing for leaders to focus on, on 20, in 2022, what would it be? I think obviously the most important thing, the theme of 2021 that we want us all to integrate, fiercely protect and carry with us into the year ahead. Um, We were saying it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Where we're landing you here December 31st before this clock strikes midnight, right? Is it's here. Leadership 2.0 is here. It's happening. Okay, we're seeing more and more organizations and leaders come to the table than we've ever seen, which means the surge is happening. Um, So, yeah, and the great resignation is still happening. The pandemic is still happening. The disruption is still happening. So I think the most important thing for us to land, right, is just this, this whole piece around the desire 
right? The desire, the curiosity, the self-awareness. That's all I'm asking for us to do January 1st as we step into 2022, okay, is that we just make a commitment to go on that journey. Wherever you're beginning on that journey is that you make a commitment to really own your responsibility in that, right? Own your responsibility in the awareness of where you're at and why versus where you want to go and why. I think that's the most important intention for our leaders. What do you think? I love it. And it's something, I love this quote from Simon Sinek about leadership is not a rank, it's a choice. And the other thing I would say is leadership takes deliberate and consistent effort. And this is the only way you can become the leader that you want to be and the leader you've always wanted to have. Beautifully said. And so going out into the world in 2022, obviously everyone, happy New Year's, happy holidays, happy, uh, hopefully you've had some incredible time, got to step away from the the perpetual The hustle and the bustle. That's right. (laughs) The yeah. hustle and bustle that is either Christmas shopping <laughs> or, or or sprinting down the finish line of Q4. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And obviously for us, sub- hit subscribe to Leadership Launchpad Project on your favorite podcast platform and blast this one out. If you enjoyed this show, we would love if you brought in any leaders to the show. And obviously, if you have anyone that you think would be a great guest, shoot them our way. We would love to chat with them. And for all of our services, our programs, we've launched a bunch and they're all coming out in the beginning of January 2022. We got a new class of of the Launchpad, the Leadership Launchpad launching in January, right? That's right. We got the new class of the Leadership Launchpad project program. We have a few other programs too that are coming out. And obviously we have private offerings available of all the programs. So if you're Mm -hmm. interested in any of that stuff, you can either reach out to Susan or I, or you can go to elitehighperformance.com and hit the contact us and you'll get one of us. Um, So definitely reach out for those. And Susan, I guess the last thing, do you, is there anything that you want to leave us with with respect yes. to anything we chatted today? Yes, I want to leave us on this note. I want to say thank you to you. You went shoulder to shoulder with me at the start of this pandemic with nothing but a dream, buddy. We had <laughs> we both felt so called. We couldn't take it anymore. We had to get on a mic and we had to let it rip. And the riffs that we've had on this mic since we made that game-changing decision have been at the top of my highlight reel. I have to say I'm so, so, so fulfilled by the work that we have been able to curate together on this show, the impact that this is having, the ripple effect that this is having. I'm just so grateful to you for saying yes and answering the call with me. So thank you, buddy. Well, thank you, too. And It's something I always love is to get on and have incredible conversations Mm -hmm. because not only do I get to learn, 
I also get to ask the questions I want to ask from the leaders I want to totally. ask them from. And yeah. it's been incredible to do this with you, Susan, just because of you know our relationship and, and because of the people we've had on this show. And the one thing I'll say is, is you haven't seen anything yet because we have some incredible guests coming up in 2022. Oh, I've yeah. Already started, I've already started putting my fingers out there. Mm, this so we're going to have some awesome folks coming on for sure. Yeah. This party's just getting started, right, Rob? And it couldn't be a better time for us to enhance or increase the heat in this kitchen because this world needs us more than ever to lead this Leadership 2.0 charge. And we need you out there on this mission with us. So we are calling on you. We're calling on you to be a part of this tribe with us. We're calling on you to help us spread the ripple effect of this show or spread the ripple effect by, you know, spreading the, the, the word on the street in regards to some of these game-changing programs that we've developed to really upskill and up-level our leaders. We're calling on you to be a part of this mission with us. Let's go. And with that, everyone, thank you. Happy 2022. And we'll see you all next week. Happy holidays, everyone.